Hey everybody and welcome back to the Out To Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi. On today's episode, I am bringing out Out To Launch alum, Clarence, to talk all about his experience in the program. So, as you guys know, we have enrollment open for Out To Launch right now. You can head to katiezaccardi.com slash outtolaunch for more information and to apply. And so I thought it would be good to get the experience of someone who actually took the program and went through it. And as always, we don't hold back. This episode is the honest truth, highs and lows of what it was like to go through the program and what it was like to launch so that you can get a full idea of what that looks like. We have even made some changes since Clarence was in the program to make it even bigger and better. For instance, we increased the length of the program from three months to four months. And of course, now we have Brie Noble as a co-coach and she's adding so much more value. She is adding uh, the ability to have double the support, which is amazing. Um, And we've really built out the program to be exactly what you guys need based on running it, based on our strategy, based on our experiences and the experiences of people who have already gone through the program. So it has everything that you need to successfully launch your program, either for the first time, literally ever, or relaunch a program that you've tried to launch before, but it just hasn't gotten you the results that you wanted. So if you're feeling like your launches are so lackluster and just like have you down in the dumps, this would be for you as well. So again, you can head to katiezacredi.com slash out to launch to apply and get more information. And doors close on Wednesday, June 30th. So that's one week from today. Applications close. That's when we stop taking applications and we'll finish filling those final spots in the few days later after we review all of the last applications that come in. We only have a limited number of spots available for this program. So you want to act quickly. I'm not just saying that for fake scarcity. I'm saying that because you have one week left to apply and then we start. We have to start the program, so we have a deadline. And there's only a limited number of spots that Brie and I are taking for this round and for this program because we want to be able to give every person who joins this program an intimate experience and high-level support. So once again, head to katiezacardi.com slash out to launch to apply and enjoy this episode where you're going to learn all about what it's really like to work with me and be in this program and launch for the first time uh, after having never done it before. So it's a really great episode. Let's go ahead and dive in. Hey, Clarence, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, Katie. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I am so excited to have you on. So you were a student of mine inside of Out to Launch, and today we're going to talk about your story in the program and launching. Uh, But before we dive into all that stuff, can you just give us a brief introduction about who you are and what you do? Um, I'm Clarence. I run Pop of Color, which is a brand management agency for musicians and creatives. Basically, the way artists are, you know, natural leaders, natural, you know, steers of the ship of what they want. I found myself like my like place in life is like a number two. So I like getting the stuff done behind the scenes. I like being in the VIP section. I like um, organizing and basically doing everything I can to help while someone else takes the spotlight. Like that's really like where my skill set is. That's where I get the most joy in fulfillment in life and I'm so happy I found a way to make that a niche into my career and my place in the music business so essentially yeah I help musicians on the business end yes and we crafted an offer that you recently launched 
all about that, which is very exciting. But let's take a second before we get to that and rewind back to, I guess, January 2021. So I was prepping to launch out to launch. And tell me about where you were at in January. And I can't remember if you joined the free challenge that we did that time or not, but you did. Okay, so walk me through the process of like, what compelled you to join the free challenge and then ultimately join the course? Where were you at? Okay, so where I was at in my business is I didn't have a structure for like lack of a better term. So it was a lot of, I, I, people knew what I did it ish, you know, but it was like, I never approached cl- potential clients. I never approached artists saying I could help you with that. Mm-hmm. If artists approached me, um, I was basically a blank slate. It's like, well, what do you need? And then, you know, regardless of what they needed, I always ended up kind of doing the same things for them. So I was like, Hey, I bet I can flip these and like being like, here's what I can do. And I wanted to create some kind of streamlined way to package it into something that people understand what it is so that it would make that part of working with clients and landing them easier. I just didn't really understand how to do that. I mean, it's always harder when it's yourself. Like, for example, I write bios professionally as well. So, you know, I'm great at cutting through and writing bios for artists. When it comes to talking about myself, (laughs) that's another story. Same thing with you know, other artists, music business, I can immediately see how they can monetize, how they can sell more merch, how, you know, opportunities they're leaving on the table. When it comes to me, uh, I need help. Yeah. And I'd been following Katie, of course, you, sorry, you, I don't know if I should talk about you in the first or third person. But yes, yes. Been- <laughs> I am here. So you, you can talk about me in whatever person you want. <laughs> I'd been following our queen, Katie, for a while, um, you know, and been, and, You know, I'd inquired at one point about, I think it was your one-on-one coaching, but the price was just completely, you know, out of range for where I was at the time. Don't forget, this was like during a once in a century pandemic that completely cratered the music industry. So, you know, worse timing. Um, But like, I'd been like sticking around because I knew, um, I knew eventually I wanted to work with Katie. Like immediately I was like, she gets me. This, you know, this is the person who's going to help me get those sales skills up, like give me a kick in the butt while still being empathetic and kind and also relatable in a way that other courses, other people who have taught the music industry haven't been. I mean, I went to college for music business. I've, you know, I've done like other courses, other programs, and, you know, immediately I like, you know, when I found Katie, I was like, yes, you know, like this is like. I feel at home here without before even spending a dime. So when, you know, she announced the launching and I did the free challenge. That's the one. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And it's like, yes. Okay. I've got to do this. This is it. This is my time. And you know, something just like lit up inside me is like fire under my butt. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And what I remember from our conversation is that so like you said, we had talked before about one-on-one you we'd been on a sales call before for that. We'd obviously kept in touch and like the DMs and everything. And when after the free challenge, um, I can't remember if I followed up with you or you just reached out to me, but we bas- you basically were like, I want to join, but I just need to know the price. And I was like, here's the price. And you're like, 
okay, I'm in. <laughs> we didn't have to do a call. We didn't have to do anything fancy because we had already built that relationship and you were just like, I know that I've just been sort of like waiting for a program that was a good fit and I I'm ready to do it. And that was one of, I think you were the first person to join actually. And I was like, that was easy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always like, especially when you get to higher ticket offers and things that are more custom, um, you know, when there's like no price tag, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know the rule you've, I'm sure many of you listening have ever walked into a store and like, there's no price tag on that handbag. And you're like, that probably means I can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, it's classy, but it, you know, it's so, like the prices aren't listed on the website. I did the same thing for my program in the end because it was so custom and I'm still, and I was still tweaking and everything. But, you know, it was like a, you actually have to talk to them to ask the price. Yeah. And the reason, the reason I brought it up that number one, we kind of just sold it in the DMs was because as you can tell, Clarence was someone who had been following me for a while. We had been talking for a while. We built a relationship and sometimes you're not going to sign that person right away, but they will come back when the timing's right. And usually when that happens, it's a testament to you and you want to keep up with them. And also like it gets to be easy. Not everything has to be like scary sales conversations or anything like that. It can be easy. Um, but the other thing I was going to say to your point about the price is that, yeah, like we teach this inside of Out to Launch, but depending on, you know, what type of offer you have, course versus one-on-one -on -one and the price of it, sometimes with the higher ticket programs, people need a conversation to number one, feel like it's a good fit for them and to really get the full scope of what this program is going to do for them. And we create a really intimate group. So like as coaches, and I, I speak in the plural now because it's going to be me and Brie for this next round, not, not just me, but we really want to make sure that like you're a good fit to join us. So it's not just like, here's the price, go buy it. We are, are we're wanting people to have a conversation before we actually invite them to join and give them the information. And I'm sure you experienced a similar thing when you launched your program. Cause it was high ticket too. You got some people who you're like, I do not want to work with you. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, for me, you know, being a, a former member of the people pleaser club, it was almost as exhilarating to like have the confidence to be like you're not a good fit as it was you know to yeah. sign someone on yeah yeah exactly so so we'll get there we can go more in depth yeah. in a second. apologies so for the spoilers <laughs> spoiler um Spoiler alert so you end up joining out to launch of course now talk to us about what you were kind of struggling with right at the beginning of the program and even really throughout the program. What do you feel like the biggest things that you needed support with were and some of the biggest wins you had? Um, I think at the beginning, my big struggle was uh, I didn't really know what I was offering. I didn't really have a concrete idea. I knew I wanted some kind of package, something that was like pre-made almost in a template form so that I knew like what duties I would be doing for my clients with this instead of it being so open-ended I just didn't know what and I felt I was comparing myself to the other girls in the group um who you know they were a lot more straightforward with what they were doing like I don't know how much I can talk but you know one of them was launching a patreon two of them did patreons actually and then the rest was like uh, more coaching based yeah, because well, was... you were like executive assistant, it wasn't quite coaching, it wasn't a Patreon, it was a little different. Yeah, so it was kind of like having to almost come up with something like that has doesn't exist yet. 
or hadn't existed yet, an executive assistant for musicians. Yeah. So like, what do you get when you cross a virtual assistant with a manager? Me. So yeah. So it was kind of like having the like creation progress process took longer, I feel than other parts of it. So that was, that was something where I was like, ah, I'm behind, you know, cause of course, like most of us can't also throughout the program, couldn't just drop our entire lives and only yeah. do this. Like some of us have day jobs. Some of us are juggling other work and other clients and our gigs and personal responsibilities and stuff. So it was very much a, ah, I'm overwhelmed and I'm juggling too much. <laughs> but you made it through. And I'll also, I made it through. I'll also add that um, for context, we did the first round of Out to Launch in three months. And this time around, we're actually doing it in four months because we want to give more people more time to really flesh out their offers if they need it and be able to warm up their audiences and have a little bit more time to do it. So I know that we've had this conversation and, you're, and you, you were like, yeah, that extra month is, is going to be great for the next round because um, you ended up launching after the program, which worked out well, I think. But um, you spent a lot of the program figuring out your offer, which of course is what it's meant for. And we worked through a lot of money mindset stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So like I spent, feel like I spent half of the three months that were during the program with the weekly calls with Katie and the group. I feel like I spent the first half like trying to figure out what exactly I was going to offer and how to package it and like what exactly this was. And the second half doing some deep diving into the, my own, um, you know, emotional baggage around money. So this is something like, like this was hella deep. Like this, like cut me through the core. This is what made it so, so worth it to me in the end. Like of all, like any kind of courses I've done, like this was serious. This was like therapy level of like deepness. It was a lot because I mean, so just some like quick background on me. I, I have lived my life at almost every single level of the socioeconomic ladder, like at some point or another. But when it comes to independently being in the creative field, it's very weird to try to figure out where you fit in with this. Like, you know, oh, when all the artists you have in like your life around you and on your social media, who are your friends are always complaining about being poor and being broke, but then you don't really, it's like, do I think I'm so much better than them to like be willing to charge what I'm worth that they can't afford, you know, but then it's like, well, like, look at all these like douchey sales coaches that you can see on Instagram, you know, the ones yeah. like, are you really a sales? If, are you really a douchey sales coach? If you don't have a video of you by the beach saying you too can quit your job if you sell this $5,000 ebook, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like Katie completely got it. So it's like trying to figure out like, how am I comfortable actually like easing my consciousness with as dumb as this sounds. It's like, cause I want to help our artists, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going very, very deep into my feelings, but this was a lot of like personal stuff I had to work through in terms of my own relationship with money, in terms of not feeling weird about earning money, yeah. not feeling guilty about asking what I'm actually worth or, you know, not undercutting myself, being willing to work for, you know, saying no more to like minimum wage or what yeah. I felt like they could afford. And I think that this is a very common thing that people struggle with whether it's purely like from a musician perspective and you just feel like I'm going to be a broke musician or like you were saying earlier 
you could promote the other artists or other people, but you were having a hard time showing up to promote yourself. Like, I think that's such a common struggle as is going into the coaching world or, you know, even maybe charging for high priced gigs, whatever it is, especially as the price for what you're offering goes up because what you're offering is greater, you can get that sort of like doubt and imposter syndrome. And not only is it having to do with, you know, can I charge this? Like, am I worthy of receiving this and charging this? But as you mentioned, sometimes it's also like, I'm watching the people around me continue to stay in this place of scarcity and just thinking that this is the only way it's going to be. And it can feel really discouraging when you want to elevate, you want to bring yourself up, you want to charge more, but the, the people you know, even your friends aren't doing that. And you feel like, I don't want to feel like I'm like a douche. I don't want to feel like I'm a terrible person for wanting to charge my worth, but I also know I have to do it. So what do I do? It's like a moral conflict almost, it feels like. Yeah. So what do you feel like were the biggest uh, shifts or changes or things that were able to help you through this and be able to really rework your money mindset and your beliefs so that you could sell up to sell strongly and promote yourself? That is an excellent question, Katie. I think having a lot of confidence in my ability was really, really good. Yeah. Because, yeah, this became a very common thing on many of the sales. Every single sales call I had where someone couldn't afford it, they no one said, oh, you're too expensive or, oh, you're ripping me off. It's, oh, you're totally worth it. I can see it. I just don't have the money right now. Yeah. Like, and that was like, you know, as much as it's like, Ugh, I'm getting my like validation from other people. It was really good to hear that. It was really, really good to hear like, like they also agree that I am worth that. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's like sometimes you need to get in it and you need to honestly just be on the pulse because as course creators and coaches and teachers and whatever it is. People who set their own prices. Yeah, exactly. It's really easy to assume what's the what you know I even had a client today say oh I'm moving and I think I'm gonna lower my prices because the market there is lower and I was like girl you are signing people online virtually at the price that you're at right now but it's easy to assume like oh they're not gonna pay me this or they can't afford this or I'm charging too much for my worth or you know what I mean when you don't actually know until you just do it sometimes and and sometimes you kind of know, but you need to go out and actually get the validation like you did to to have people say, you know, this is out of my budget, but you are worth this. You know, like I'm not undervaluing you, even though I personally just can't maybe afford this right now or it's not the right fit for me right now. Because those are two different things. And it's proof that like the clients who can and are ready for you, they're going to charge you your worth because that's exactly the perfect match. Exactly. And I did find that. I did find that. I, you know, I had one guy who was so determined to work with me that what we settled on was they would pay me a smaller amount for the first three months to work together. And I would make it up in royalties on the back end. Cause I found what a lot of things are with artists who are asking for help for the first time in a hands-on way, they're stuck in this, um, <laughs> the terrible cycle of they don't have any money. So they can't get all the work done. So yeah. they can't execute their ideas. So they can't make any money. So they yep. don't have any money. 
and you know ad infinitum so what you need to break that is like a sudden influx of cash and if you can't count on your grandma dying and leaving you something, um, you know, or I don't know, getting hit by a car and managing to like get a court settlement or like, <laughs> or winning the lotto, you know, like something. I not recommend getting hit by a car. Just... <laughs> I you know, or, or spending your money on scratchers, um, you know, you know, all those like impossibilities. These yeah. are very high improbabilities to like be waiting and counting on and praying for, um, you know, you've got to find like an influx of cash somewhere else. Well, what's interesting is I actually feel like part of that too is just taking the risk. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, this guy was so determined to work with you. He did. He said, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like I'm maybe going to uh, put it on a credit card or take out a loan or I'm just going to cut my expenses a little bit. But sometimes you have to take the risk in order to make more because it's really easy to just stay in that cycle, but something has to change in order to get out of that cycle. And it's either, usually it's both combination of action and mindset. And um, I think that a lot of artists, like as a person who works with artists, a coach who works with artists, a music teacher who works with artists, you might find that a lot of artists carry the broke musician mindset or just think that they're broke all the time. And maybe to, to some extent they are or, but usually, you know, we know that you put your money towards what you value, right? They could be buying concert tickets that add up to $200, but they're not willing to pay the price to take lessons or, or get coaching or whatever. And the latest gear. Yeah. What ex the latest gear do if you, you know, have no one buying the music you record with it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really important as a coach uh, or a teacher during your launch process to work through those beliefs, right? And be talking about the importance of investing and work through any mindset beliefs that your audience might be struggling with, because that's what also breaks that cycle. People mm -hmm. need a reason to invest. And sometimes it's easy to stay on the hook instead of like taking a leap of faith is what it sometimes feels like to get those results that you really want. Yeah, in hindsight, you know, if I did it over again, I think I would have in during the warming up my audience base, I would have created more content, which, you know, sadly, like introduces the idea of like, paying for stuff is good. Yeah. And you could do that next time, right now. You yeah. Know. And I think I'm just gonna continuously make it part of like, my regular content. Absolutely. I'm great at doing it with you know, for pay, pay for music, support your artist friends. Okay. But I need to do more that are like, pay me. <laughs> you know, once again, it comes to like being super good at advocating for others. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Eh, not really. Yeah. And the reason too is like, it's not, it doesn't even always have to be so me focused. Like you were saying, you're going to make it a part of your content, not when you're not even launching. And the reason why that's good is because you're providing value and allowing them to really work through mindset beliefs before you actually put the offer in front of them. That's why we do it in the warm-up phase or even when you're not in a warm-up phase, you could just do it anyway so you're always talking about it. But it a, the, a big mistake that people make when launching is that they wait. They wait for the launch to be like, oh, let me start to work through some of the things that are like holding you back from buying when you want to really start talking about that before you launch. Because if somebody has a mindset that, you know, they can't afford anything and they'll never, they never can invest in anything and investing is stupid, they're not going to just make a quick change and then buy your, you know, high ticket program 
a day later. Usually that takes time, which is why the warm-up period in and of itself is so important. Let me also share a mistake I made, a really dumb one in hindsight, that, you know, t- for all of you as like a hot, <laughs> hot tip. Okay, so Katie, We're you had- We're honest here, you guys. We're not holding back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to share like the good, bad, and the cringy. Okay, so here's time for the cringy. So for Katie, you remember telling us, us in the cohort that- um, the best day to st- start your launch is a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Just for timing wise. So you can go into why it is during your own course, like <laughs> sign up, which is but ironic. Basically- we're starting this launch on a Thursday, but it's fine. <laughs> That's okay. So I-, I was looking at my calendar and like, look at the time, like looking for like days that were like two Tuesdays on the calendar, like in the three, four months ahead. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, the first of June is a Tuesday. Isn't that auspicious? That'll be super easy to remember. Brand. Yeah. Okay. Rent is due on the first. Um, so when you're working with, if, um, whether it be your clients or pitching to fans or people who, you know, generally pay bills that are on the first and care about, yeah. you know, don't have a lot of money. That's not a good time to ask for a lot of money. That is actually a really good point. And I'm so- Hot tip. Don't don't launch on the first of the month. Yeah, yeah. Even if it is a Tuesday. And it, it, it totally, like we said, depends. If you're if you're offering a low ticket course, it might, it might not matter as much. But that's a really good point for a higher ticket program that if you're doing something at like the very beginning of the month or, you know, around a time where people are hit with big expenses- it could, it can alter the way that they're perceiving money and how and when they want to invest. Because if they're saying, oh, I just gave $2,000 for rent, I don't have more money to give right now, then they'll, they might be less likely to sign. So that's actually a really interesting point that you bring up when it comes to timing. Of course, everyone's going to be individual. And when you join out to launch, we'll figure out what timeline works best for you. But I'm glad that you figured that out that for your ideal client, like you need to be mindful of that, especially for your specific program. Yeah, they're not going to spend an entire like, er, you know, the entire like rent worth, especially if it's a monthly thing. So like what you're going to pay twice is your normal rent amount just out of thin air. Yeah, on the same day that will. On the same day. (laughs) Yeah, especially, you know, when they're like just starting and like ramping up the like steady income. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit more. So like I said, you launched after the program. Was there anything else that happened within the three months of the program that you feel really like impacted your launch or how you showed up or that made a difference uh, in in your business at large? I don't know if this counts or not, but I, I don't know. And I don't know if like, this is just me overthinking, but I really felt the need to delay my launch in order to get my ducks in a row in terms of like all a bunch of other things. I don't know if it's like procrastinating out of anxiety or it was a matter of um, knowing I'd be super, super busy post-launch because my thing was a very hands-on offer as opposed to something pre-made. But I was like, okay, well, I'm going to use this time to, you know, get everything else organized. And, you know, it was a good kick in the butt to, you know, audit my socials, audit uh, various other systems I was doing to find ways to simplify it because I knew I'd be much more busy going forward. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, we did a, that's good. We did a lot of that. Like we looked at your social media. We looked at all of that stuff just to make sure that everything was in line. Cause when you want, you want to make sure that you have a, a cohesive image, cohesive branding as best as you can. And they, 
all around that you have the confidence to do it. And I think that it can be hard to launch or you can self-sabotage or just have some doubt if you're launching when you don't feel confident with how you're presenting yourself or your offer. And again, during that warm-up phase, it's really important that people know who you are and what you do. And so getting your socials in order, getting your offer clear, your brand pillars, all that stuff is insanely helpful to make it so much easier when it comes to planning out your launch content and actually launching. Yeah. So I spent a lot of extra time, you know, getting my ducks in a row, you know, scheduling social media for like the entire year, Um, you know, planning my, you know, emails to send out to people. I did um, a bunch of social media graphic designs aims to have in advance, wrote some blog articles in advance, just so I would feel less stressed about also having to do those when I started with clients. It just, yeah, it was a big relief for me. Yeah. And it like, it just took one less thing, less balls for me to feel like I was juggling so that when I, you know, got full into like the launch week and post launch, I could give all my focus and over deliver to my clients. So let's talk about the launch. Now, I imagine preparing in that way was so helpful because all you had to do was just show up. You didn't have to be like scrambling to create content or any of that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I designed like all the graphics, had like all did all the hashtag research. I had like the emails prepared. Um, Katie had a lovely little swipe file that, Makes you know, she, easy. <laughs> you know she, she designed. So I just had to tweak that a little bit. That was great yeah yeah we include Uh, that inside of out to launch because it can be kind of daunting to figure out well what do i say especially the first time i'm showing up to launch and so when you have some templates it makes it a lot easier to to make sure that you show up strong yeah yeah so it made me feel really really good that like i wouldn't have to scramble like okay wait it's been a while since i've tweeted now what yeah so tell us about the launch itself okay so mine was because it was a high ticket offer with one-on-one calls um I used Calendly to let people book a certain amount of calls so I had to work around my own schedule I had a certain amount of days for the days of the launch week how long did you launch for one week it was yeah you had an application right uh no no so for the during the during the launch week to encourage people to sign up right away I they could book the call right away. Okay. And like, just give me like, you know, their Instagram handle or like any information they wanted about themselves in preparation. So, you know, I had people send me their mission statement. I had people send me like their latest YouTube videos or their website links, you know, so that was great. So I could like do my homework on. Yeah. So you had, you, it was almost like a mini application of like, tell me a little bit about yourself, but you're, they were able to book the call right out the gate. Yeah. So then the idea was then, and to make it easier and then you know afterwards after the schedule filled up then when it came to waiting list applications people would have to fill out a whole thing let's talk numbers because i know you got a ton of people on calls and and really excited about it when you first announced you were sending me texts like in the middle of the night on instagram like oh my uh, gosh this is amazing. screenshots yes yes like all the all the people i was like so shocked i you know, looking back, I don't think I did enough warming up my audience on socials, but my email list, which I'd had for years, you know, yeah. that was where the majority of the quality applicants came from. And I want to take a second to actually just point that out because it's true that everyone has people in different places. And I think that uh, Brian Noble and I talked about this on another podcast. Uh, I can't remember if it was on this podcast or a, a guest episode that we did, but it 
everyone teaches things differently and everyone has different strengths. Like some people have really strong Instagram presences. Some people have really big and engaged email lists. So Brie and I have both done so many courses and we really take, uh, in out to launch, we focus on both strategies and a strong email strategy and a strong social media strategy, because depending on where your audience is, it's good to have both regardless. But like, you said your audience was primarily warmed up via your email list. So if we had just abandoned your email list and only focused on social media, it would have really probably hurt your launch because the people were on your email list and that's where they were ready to buy, waiting and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I had the whole, you know, I, I used the same text that was in the emails and I broke it up across Instagram posts, across Facebook, not so much Twitter because... Yeah, Twitter's My, harder to do that, I think. <laughs> Twitter's harder to do that. So I didn't do it as much on Twitter. But yeah, so Facebook and Instagram, I it was the same text. It had like pretty graphics that didn't make it into the emails. So, but it was still the emails that did the best with, you know, no photos, no fluff, no like GIFs or videos or anything attached. So that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it was. So I can't remember. Do you remember exactly how many calls that you got scheduled or how many inquiries I, you ended up getting? I believe I ended up with like 12 calls. Which is amazing right out of the gate when you first start launching. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, you know, and, you know, in a major pandemic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, like, you know, you know, the worst time to like do big investing in your career. And I think that it, well... Uh, we're not going to have that attitude on this. Okay. Point. Okay. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. Um, the most unlikely time for my target audience, indie musicians, to have, you know, a stockpile of cash set aside, ready to drop <laughs> on investing in their career. Let me, there, let me rephrase that in a much better. Okay. That's allowed. But the reason I'm being annoying here is because like, I don't want you guys to get discouraged. Like, cause people signed up for your offer. People obviously joined out to launch. Like people who are a good fit, they will invest and they, they will make it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, but you know what? This all is this really to say, it would have been easier if we were, the economy was doing great and my in artist. Theory. In, theory, in theory, but you know what? I think a lot of people right now are, are committed to making it work because they know that things are so uncertain that they have to take it in their own hands and they are committed to making it work. And at the same time, People are always going to have excuses. So yeah, pandemic is an, is an easy excuse. And obviously I'm not trying to make light of people who've had genuine financial hardships because I understand that that is the case. I'm not making light of that. But I'm just saying people are always going to have excuses. So now it's just that's the excuse for some people who are never going to invest. And some people are the kinds of people who are ready and willing to make it work, even if it is a little bit of a hard time. So you never know. Like, you can't assume how your audience is going to react because, again, Clarence signed people. Like, we yeah. we signed people in, in all the launches we've done this year. Like, Brie and I both. So you can't, you can never expect or, or assume how it's going to go. And I think when you do that, you can end up self-sabotaging as well. If you assume no one's going to join... No one's gonna join, you know. Okay, okay. Let let me let me do a take two of that phrase. <laughs> you know, okay. It's more difficult to get people, but the ones you get will be more serious because they've got more to lose. They know how important this is, and you know, I didn't get the vast majority of them. You know, the ones I did end up with, I know we're gonna be amazing together, both on a personality clicking together and in a I'm gonna get the job done, and they're gonna be great. 
Absolutely. And especially with the work you're doing, uh, you had about a 20% closing rate, which is amazing. That's really good for your first time launching. And you also do really like hands-on stuff. You know, you, you, you don't even, you weren't even going into this thinking I'm going to take 12 clients because that would be literally impossible for you to manage. <laughs> Ain't enough caffeine for that. <laughs> so, so talk to us about what, what went down during launch. Like you had your email scheduled, you started getting on calls with people. What did you notice was coming up the most? Any objections that were happening or anything that you would struggle with or you felt really confident in, uh, you know, showing up and on sales calls and everything? So the first thing I didn't factor in was how many international people there would be. Oh, interesting. Because I, I suspected, okay, so I'm in Canada. I suspected most of my clients would be Canada and the States. Yeah. Uh, but I did not figure in like the first client call I had was based in Germany. Yeah. Interesting. So I was like, oh my God, I need to like redo the contracts to like figure EU laws into there. Mm -hmm. You know, that was like, I need to like look at like who the PROs are in the EU in Germany. Do I need to like learn some basic translation to fill out copyright forms in various languages I do not speak yeah and that's a good point because it's not like you're just doing coaching you are applying for grants you're helping them with the, those kinds of nitty-gritty stuff where you actually have to know that to be able to do it yeah I need to know like who who collects the money in your you know in your geographical region are there any laws that prohibit certain things so you know in terms of like fair use in terms you know because certain advice will not fly in certain places. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that was an interesting So that was like a first thing I went like like um I probably need to include a contract in case of like trade wars or tariffs or something. So that like unlocked a whole bunch of like things I was like, "Okay, I need to get a lawyer." Um you know, so that was my first one. And this first client like her first words was like, "You are the direct result of my manifestations." Like and that, <laughs> that's what you want to hear. <laughs> and that seemed to be like the ongoing theme throughout almost every single call like you are exactly what I've been looking for I, or I didn't know what I needed like like until you appeared in my inbox and then oh that's expensive or just sorry oh you're worth the money I just don't have it yeah. you know that was kind of like the the pattern I was seeing so of course you know throughout I'm like furiously DMing Katie, what do I do? Help. And Katie's like, don't lower your price. Don't lower your price. Don't lower your price. I, you know. Yeah. Clarence is like, should I just, I don't know. What do I do? Should I just and I'm like, cut the price oh. in half? And Katie's like, no. Takes out the spray bottle like I would with a cat on the counter. Bad Clarence. No, I'm don't voice, you, I'm don't voice you messaging him like, I know you're not going to like this, but don't do it. Don't do it. So this is the thing though it's normal for people to say no I mean at the beginning of this conversation we talked about how you had inquired about my one-on-one -on -one coaching and you said no like it is normal for you to not sign everyone I didn't say no I said I literally do not have the money and no bank in their right mind is going to give it to me but but the, interestingly that's the same objection you were getting right and so you know like you had been through that too where you're like I really want to do this but I'm gonna have to figure something else else out temporarily and come back to it and that's what you did and the thing is that it, again it's normal for people to say no you're not going to sign everyone whether you're doing a hundred dollar course or a thousand dollar program you're not going to sign everyone if you are it probably means that your prices are actually too low and you could go to raise them a little bit so 
I like the cut of your jive, Katie. Hashtag so, goals. Hashtag goals. Yeah. So you didn't sign everyone, which is fine. And you you got interesting feedback though. So what do you feel like this feedback really kind of told you in the process? Hearing from people like, okay, I really need this, but I it's just out of my price range right now. Well, another thing I ended up doing on the calls was, you know, as I got to know them, is almost while taking notes, formulating plans. And it's making notes to formulate plans of like, based on what their goals are, their skills are, what what they've got going on right now, how could they most quickly bring in that kind of the money they needed to pay me? Yeah. To like really show that I'm worth their space, you know, in their monthly budget. And then when I sent the follow-up email, I sent them the individualized plan that I came up with. Yeah, so that they could really start to, it's it's like future pacing. You're showing when we work together, this is what we'll do first so that you can make back your investment as soon as possible and we can really like hit the ground running. And that helps people to see the vision of what it's going to look like when you actually work together and have them start to picture it in their head because sometimes, you know, it can be hard. If people have never invested in themselves before like this, it's hard to picture what it's like. And especially in your case, you know, like you said, you were, we were kind of creating an offer that hadn't quite been done before. So it does take a certain amount of future pacing and setting the scene, setting the vision for what it could be like because they need that assistance to see it because it doesn't come naturally when it's something new. So that's really important to be able to, uh, in your sales calls, like pick out what people are, are struggling with and really quickly be able to say, I can solve your problems, no issue at all. Here's here's what we're going to do. Like, here's how it's going to go. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially since one of the big things about me is I come up with ideas that are out of the box. So, you know, they probably haven't heard them before. And, yeah. you know, and if all else feels like I'm giving to them to them for free, there's like no obligation. So even if they decide not to, they can try them out on their own. And then bam, when it works, they're like, oh, what else has he got up his sleeve? Or be like, this is working, but it could work so much better if I had more hands on deck. Yeah. Hey, Clarence, which is a very common thing I found with people following up a long while later, like after they've been like on my list for years or you know, following me for a long time. And then finally they like pick up the phone or reach or email me or reach out. And then, you know, it becomes all worth it in the end. And that is, again, the importance of really building those relationships over time because it, it, people do come back and they might not be ready the second you announce it, but now they know what you do and they can start to continue to keep it on their radar and come back when they are ready. So you had a bunch of people inquire. You ended up signing a couple of them. How did you feel by the end of the launch? Exhausted. <laughs> it's tiring. It can be tiring. It was very tiring, which was shocking to me because, you know, I I am an extrovert. It, I, you know, and this is like my only human interaction of the day, right? Um, you know, in terms of like a, a lockdown life. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I wasn't expecting to like it to feel like much of a strain to be quote unquote on at like 110% like chicken on caffeine kind of level of energy and professionalism and being there but yeah. and focus but it really really was so you know another tip I would give if you're scheduling sales calls is give yourself like breaks between them schedule it to like give yourself half an hour to recharge between mm. don't go yeah. back to back 
you're going to blow a fuse. And, you know, coming from someone who's so, like, bubbly and over the top, you know, in everyday life anyway, this what you know, this was a lot even for me. Now, how did it feel to have it over <laughs> and have have it completed and have it be accomplished? I'm I'm really, really happy. Sales still are, are like one of my least favorite things about being a business owner. I'll be real. But what I feel but like you you really grew so I much, did. Right? I did. I don't think it's gonna be my favorite thing for a while, but I'm gonna keep learning, keep educating myself on it. But I'm just so happy to like that's over. Now I can get to where I like really shine and where I feel most alive and most comfortable yeah. and most successful, which is getting stuff done. Yeah. But I do want to give you a lot of credit because Aww. I think that you came such a long way in your money mindset, in the sales process. And I know that, you know, it's wasn't your favorite, still isn't your favorite, probably never going to be your favorite. And that's fine. It honestly doesn't have to be. I flunked out of retail and, you know, as part-time job. I <laughs> but, no. but like you said, it, it gave you the chance just to connect with people, like be an extrovert oh, yeah. with people. And you you got so much better at it you know you did 12 sales calls which is so much and and you were able to really get through it in a way that i remember you dming me feeling like saying you know i feel pretty confident going into i feel confident on them which that is like the best thing i could have heard because i was so happy and proud of you to just be like yes i feel good you know i might not love sales but i don't feel like like, I'm really scared and going to vomit every time I go into a session. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, w I was expecting to, like, have a full-on panic attack like, <laughs> like, right before my first one. And then afterwards, like, hey, that was surprisingly easy. easy. Yeah. Hey, Katie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it really helps, again, just to kind of get your feet wet and do it and know, like, this isn't so bad. I can do it. And also, though, to learn, like you said, in the future, you're going to have more time in between them or here's what I need. You know, I can only do three in a day or I need a, an hour in between them of a buffer so I can decompress. That stuff is really important to be able to honor your time and energy management and what you need. Um, but, at, you know, it's your business. You get to run it how you want to run it. And sometimes being able to rip the Band-Aid off and, and just get, get down and dirty with it and see what it's like and be able to say hey, this is not so bad and here's how I can do it to make it really work for me is exactly what you need to just finally get that momentum. Exactly, exactly. I'm also, you know, coming off being like essentially bed bound for half a year or like late last year, early this year when I was so sick. So like I'm finally, you know, recovering and I didn't want, I want to make sure I didn't bite off more than I could chew and I could, you know, make sure I had work-life balance and didn't like sink into like the workaholism yeah. that, you know, I used to like live in. Yeah, well, yeah, you guys so know I'm so anti-hustle culture, so we definitely did not embody that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of the reasons I adore Katie. So <laughs> it was great, though. I, you know, it was so nice. Lisa was like, you know, my big comeback. Like, I'm back, baby. Well, I'm so proud of you. I feel like you went through such a transformation coming into Out to Launch, knowing like I need a change in my business. I want to increase my income. I'm ready for this through, you know, working through all of your money mindset shifts and then being able to set yourself up with a an offer that worked for you and worked for your clients to go through the launch, to show up confidently for that launch and to sign some super ideal clients that you are just so excited to work with starting in July. So I, I just want to let you know, I'm so proud of you. This oh, it was amazing you. to watch you do this. Thank you, Katie. It means a lot to me too.
So before we let you go, do you have any last tips or words or anything else you want to share uh, about the importance of investing in yourself, especially when it comes to launching? Um, one thing I did want to say that I that really like sold me on this program as opposed to your coaching was it had such a clear deliverable. Like it was very clear you would get something at the end of it. Yeah. Which, you know, I think that's really what like hit like the giant light bulb and the push button go bringing up over my head like a cartoon character that the way that like an open-ended six months of coaching didn't really have. And, you know, I think when it comes to investing in yourself as a listener, knowing everything that we learned throughout Out to Launch from finding your ideal client to defining an offer to how to warm up an audience to sales skills, like all that, even if the launch you do at the end is like your least successful offer ever and you only go up from there. All the skills you learn are great lessons that you can learn and are so tangible. Like I love the worksheets. I can bring those back. You know, I really liked how we had stuff to come yeah. with it. It was tangible. Like, yeah, like, like, exactly the journey that we take you through and out to launch. Like my private coaching is for people who want like all hands on deck in their business in every type of way. But with this program, it is much more specific of like by the end of this program, you're going to have an offer. And you're going to launch the offer. And I think for people who are at the beginning of their business or or getting into a new, um, new part of their business or just you feel really down and out with the way your launches have gone in the past, this is perfect for you. Exactly. I really like that. It's like such a great like refresh, kickstart, like makeover of what you're currently doing. So if you're, you know, oh, so if you're like going to bring in something new, like this is yeah, this is a great thing to do the out to launch. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your story, your your highs, your lows. <laughs> your to launching on the first golf golf. <laughs> like, can we make that like some kind of quote? Don't launch on the first. Yes. Hot tip. <laughs> Uh, that's the main takeaway here <laughs> uh, but it has been such a pleasure having you thank you so much for Clarence for coming on today oh thank you for having me and thank you all for listening it was such a delight to be able to talk to you guys where can we connect with you let us know at pop of color agency uh color with a U. sorry I should mention that the international spelling yes you know uh, that's you. something you know I didn't think through when I was first starting my business oh hey I'm gonna have Americans <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It makes you unique and identifiable. <laughs> That's okay. I bought the domain name for, for, um, for American both. color, <laughs> but yeah, at pop of color agency, come say hi. Um, I recently, um, designed a music scammer bingo sheet that I think you guys would all love to play. Yes, it's a, it is a good post. You have to go check that out. So go follow Clarence on Instagram. If you think that you need just what he does the executive assistant for your indie musician self or you know anyone who could use him of course reach out uh and again go follow him over at pop of color agency so thank you so much for coming on today have a great rest of your day everyone and thank you all for listening thank you so much for listening to the out to be podcast if you like this episode be sure to share it with a friend and if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.